Blog Talk Radio. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure I'm glad you did. I am very, very excited. Uh, for one, on the home front here, the uh, here in South Florida, the weather continues to be outstanding. A little hot, a little hot, but time of year, um, but just uh, beautiful. For those who've been following my blog and whatnot, I am uh, really into this whole Everybody knows me. I get on these kicks, man. Um, the last big kick was uh, grilling. I now own, uh, you know, a whole bunch of grills and stuff. Um, but they're not that much fun if you don't have anything to put on them. So uh, during the pandemic, I got into this gardening thing, and uh, man, I am into it, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm sciencing it, and um, it's working out real well. Uh, so anyway, the garden is loving this weather. Now, I'm very, very excited for today's episode because, um, as many of you know, it's been in the media quite a lot now, uh, as of late, as of late, um, it, 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 and things have shifted, I guess, officially from uh, do these uh, UFOs and uh, UAPs, as they call them now, or you know, unexplained things uh, exist? Well, I guess that's uh, been answered. Uh, according to the government, the, the Pentagon at least, they do exist. Um, we don't know what they are, but there's something there. So I have, I'm so fortunate uh, to have made uh, friends with today's guest uh, because she is, uh, her and her, her wife, I believe. Um, let me tell you, man, I'm looking at this book right now that uh, they sent me, and I, I've, I've read it best I could, and it's you know, about 500 pages long. They are the experts on, 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 on everybody who's reported seeing these strange things. So without further ado, I want to talk to her. Her name is Cheryl Costa. Uh, the book is called UFO Sightings, Desk Reference, the United States of America, 2001 to 2020. Uh, so without further ado, here she is. Cheryl, how are you? Very good, Jamie. How are you? I am fantastic. I, I, I loved your book. Thank you. <laughs> I could read of it. Uh, it's fantastic. I mean, I, 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 I read a lot of it, but I really like the way it's set up. I don't want anybody to have the impression that this is hard to read. It's not. There's just um, a lot of data here. A lot. It's amazing. Well, you know, one of the things I hear um, uh, I, I've heard this from several people. This isn't a book you curl up in a chair with a cup of hot tea with. There's a lot of charts, numbers, and tables. But uh, this one, um, our, our first book that we did like this back in 2017, it had a lot more tables of numbers. This time we decided to make it more charts, and we went into a lot of analysis and that type of thing. And it, it, this one's a lot easier to read and get to the understanding of how big the phenomena is and uh, we, we ranked it. In fact, uh, uh, Linda, when she's our publisher, Linda, Linda Miller-Costa, my spouse, uh, she looked at it and when, when 
she finally took a week off vacation. We were getting very close to being done. Mm. And she took a week vacation. She had to burn some vacation. You can't carry it forward, that type of thing. And she, um, I, I, I started laying charts out on the bed, you know, hundreds <laughs> of them. You know? and, and, and she said, she looked at them and everything. Said, well, we're going to move these charts back here, and we're going to move these forward in the book. Mm. And, and then I started showing her the narratives that I had already taken a first stab at. And then uh, she said, okay. She said, she went and locked herself in, in her, in, we both have an office in our apartment. And she locked herself nice. in her home apart, her home office. And she went in there and uh, she took everything I had written and proceeded to be editor and contributing writer and massage the topic. They, uh, unless something was signed by one of us, it, the, the articles in the in the book were written by both of us. So wow. uh, it, it's, it, it's an interesting thing. I think the big secret in the book is the measurement of the phenomena. Okay, I mean, we we I think we we initially in the book we say this is what we do not know. We do not know where they're right. from. We don't know what they eat. We don't know how they transferred to great <laughs> distances from where they are to where we are. Um, you know, and we we don't have a live we don't have a live uh, occupant of one of these things. We don't have a crashed one in the backyard. You know, uh, we can't right. tell you anything about this stuff. We can't tell you if it's government pilots, Chinese, Russian, somebody else pilots, or the Teamsters. We don't know who's flying them. But we can tell you how many of them have been around for the last last 20 years, and we can tell you where they are. And we know for one fact they've been to 30. Uh, they they have been reported from 3,125 counties, which is just about uh, counties and county-like entities, and that's just about every place, and uh, uh, and over 28,000 municipalities. Hmm. Local towns and mm. local towns, villages, that type of thing. So it, that's a lot. That's an awful lot of people reporting these things in. And we estimate we had a hundred in this book. We had a hundred and sixty-seven thousand six hundred thirty-two sighting report data. Now we don't have the write-ups in there. We just keep the what, when, where, the shape, and uh, what state, and all that kind of stuff. That's all we keep. We don't keep any of the anecdotal descriptions or anything. And uh, what's interesting is. Uh, we've been pl- we were playing with some statistics. We we, we watched the polls, and people kept asking, right. "Well, some you know," and they, they would say to me, uh, other researchers would say, "Well, you know, not everybody reports their sighting." And I said, "Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. There, there's 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 a lot of that. There's a lot of people who get very got very scared. They saw something. It sort of changed their reality. They went, oh, my goodness, you know, mm-hmm. and it sort of changed their reality. But then if they went home and told their relatives, they said, well, don't tell anybody. They'll think you're crazy. And there's right. this, been this label and stigma for the last 50 years since like the late 60s, since the Condon Report came out and told everybody, oh, it's just true believers, there's nothing here to see, folks, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And Congress well, didn't yeah. do anything, the military stopped doing things. And, you know, what's funny is, um, well, let me stay on this topic of what we were saying. Uh, so we estimate there's a lot more people who see them than report them. And uh, I saw a poll back in 2017, Fox Pictures did it before some movie they did about the Phoenix Lights and you know, it's a, it was a science fiction horror movie about some kids getting abducted during the Phoenix Lights and never being heard from again. Right. And, and their their um, 
their poll pretty much followed the other ones. About 35% people say, yeah, these things are real. 42% were sort of skeptical, but on the fence, one way or the other. And there was about 17% said it's all baloney. There's nothing to it, okay? But they threw an extra metric, two metrics in there. One, they said 80% of the people believe the government's not telling us what they know. Right. And they threw a metric that I had never seen before. 16% of people say they've seen a UFO. Well, wow. that gave me a metric, something to measure. Okay, so when I cranked it back against the numbers, did that mean that I had 16% of the adult population in the United States? The adult population in the United States is about 76% of the overall 328 million, okay? And uh, the numbers just didn't add up. We only had about 167,000. And actually, back when I was doing this, it was, we still had, we had only had about 148,000 in the database. So uh, I sat on that number for a while. Then in 2000, that was in 2017. In 2019, the Gallup poll people came out with a similar, a similar um, uh, thing, and they said, "Oh yeah, about 16% say they've seen a UFO." So having two metrics like this, I said, "Okay, let's find out what's going on." And what it worked out to is, uh, um, it worked out to one in 256 people reports what they see. Mm. Now, if you crank that number, yeah, but you know what? You know what the scary part of the number is? If you and and again, numbers don't lie, as they say, right? If you take that one hundred and sixty-seven thousand six hundred thirty-two, and you times it by two hundred and fifty-three, that gives you a number of forty-two million point four sightings. Okay. And now, of course, you know some percentage of that are are misidentifications and things like this. And yes, uh, you know, and, and and yes, there are screwy people out there who are a little wacky. But um, something I discovered as a journalist, I wrote a UFO co- weekly UFO newspaper column for seven years. And one mm-hmm. thing I found out by interviewing people and also going through the UFO sighting report records on both MUFON and Newfork. Uh, Mutual UFO Network and National UFO Reporting Center, and uh, mm-hmm. most people were sincere. They they didn't believe in it until suddenly they were laying on the hood of the car or laying out on the deck, uh, you know, having a drink with the dog, having a smoke, and oh my gosh, what's that thing? Okay, and most people can tell you what's an, what an airplane looks like. Okay, and these right. weren't airplanes, and so. Um, a lot of these things, people just the, the tone of the reports were they just wanted to get it off their chest. They figured we should tell somebody. And hey, after nine eleven, they told us report what you see. You know, <laughs> exactly. Many years ago, when I was a kid, how I kind of even got into interested in it. Well, a couple of things. I, I grew up in the uh, you know I was a little kid in the seventies and then uh, teenager and whatnot in the eighties. But I had a friend of mine whose father had served in the military, had been in the, the Vietnam conflict, and he had passed away of a heart attack. It was very sad. And uh, a, a few months afterwards, my friend, um, Doug, he was um, going through his father's stuff, uh, the family was, and they found a photo album of pictures he had taken when he was in Vietnam. He had never talked to anybody about this in the family, from what they told me. Oh, baby. And... <laughs> 
all of a sudden there's some pictures they see. They're obviously out on patrol, and there's a thing in the round saucer shape in the sky there. And my my question, you know, they showed me, and I was like, well, I believe it. Why wouldn't I? You know, and they're like, well, though, but maybe they were just screwed. I'm like, they're in the middle of a war on patrol. Do you think they're going to take time to pull a hoax and then not show it to anybody? You know, I mean, it just didn't compute to me. And um, it really got, I started getting all these books, man. I was, I was into it. And I can, still, I can yeah, talk I can, to the Vietnam thing. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, because you were in the service and whatnot. I, I didn't know I you were in the uh, probably. I was in the Air Force and later I was in the Navy, but when I was in the Air Force, I served in Vietnam on the ground. Oh, Uh, really? Yeah. I climbed climbed telephone poles for a living when I was over there. People shoot at you on those things. (laughs) Exactly. Not a fun job. Oh, man. Okay. I saw the second UFO I had ever seen. I, uh-huh. My first one was when I was 12 with my mother and father. We saw a sphere UFO on a clear blue sky one afternoon in late August, just a couple of weeks before school opened up. And we sat there and looked wow. at it for like 20 minutes. And when it when it decided to leave, I didn't see an effect like that again until a 1980s Star Trek movie where the thing just goes, Phew, gone, you know. And, um, mm. and that... that that kind of sighting changes you, so to speak. Well, I didn't see another one again. I was uh, six, seven years later. I'm in Vietnam. I was like uh, 19 years old. It was Christmas right. Eve, 1971, and a friend of mine from my barracks and I were walking, decided to walk down to for some Christmas Eve, but you're in Vietnam. So we decided to uh, walk down from the barracks and go down to the base chapel and go to midnight mass for something to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, neither one of us were practicing Catholics at that point, but hey, it's Christmas, it's tradition, let's go do this. Right. So we're walking. Hey, you're, we're walking. you're in a war. You know? mean, oh, yeah, lots Why of people not? do it. Yeah. <laughs> I still do it once in a while, you know? So, yeah, nothing so, wrong with that. So, well, you know, considering I'm Wiccan now, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it gets a little goofy, but the bottom line was this: we were walking down, and, it, and uh, a lot of the base lights were very subdued at night, and the runways weren't lit up, but not very much traffic. So I was looking off in the western sky, and I saw this thing going across star-filled sky, as they say. I saw this mm-hmm. thing streaking across the sky, and my friend looked up there and saw it too. I pointed it up. He didn't say anything. I just pointed it up, and he looked at it. And he says. Yeah, it's got to be a jet. I says, yeah, okay, maybe. And and then all of a sudden, it stopped out in the sky, this little ball hey, of light. Jet. And we said, yeah, yeah, yeah jet. <laughs> and uh, helicopters don't fly that fast. Okay? Right. And he says, <laughs> And they're so kind of noisy. <laughs> yeah, well, this thing was, there was nothing, you know, I couldn't tell. And, um... I said to her, now, I'm, now, since I was 12 years old, my mother and I read everything we can get our hands on about UFOs, you know, back in the 60s. And we, we sat right. there, and I looked at it, and I said, you know, if that thing is what I think it is, it's going to start dancing around like a fairy. And darned if it didn't. Start darting mm. around up there, and then, poof, gone, you know. And neither one of us had our minds on Midnight Mass when we got to church, honest to goodness. <laughs> but there was a term we used in Vietnam 
uh, for people who sighted UFOs, it was they were reported as enemy helicopters. The North Vietnamese did not have helicopters, and the Viet Cong no. did not have helicopters. <laughs> so they, they were they referred like to as enemy helicopters. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Woo. Well, you know, it's interesting because there's so much, um, and, and I'm, I'm saying you know this because, you know, this has been your life and what this has been your work. Um, but a lot of people out there, uh, especially listeners and whatnot, as of late, as of the last couple of weeks even, um, it has been trending. You know, there is definitely a trend in uh, news stories and whatnot. And I, I guess a lot of that has to do with the uh, the report uh, that's going to be going before Congress. Um, but, I mean, it, 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 it probably is cool because it's validating in a way. But at the same time, I imagine it's frustrating because you're like, uh, yeah, I could have told you this, you know, 40 years ago. There's something to well, this. Yeah, you know what's what's what it's also happening. A lot, a lot of people I know in the UFO community, and I'm not talking just the people who go to conferences. I'm talking to people who have radio shows and written a lot of books and things like right. this, and speak at <laughs> trade shows and things like this. And a bunch of us were talking on a panel a couple of weeks ago, right after the um, 60 Minutes did that big thing the, uh, mm-hmm. about two or three weeks ago, and we were about 12 of us were on a panel on Zoom, and. Uh, uh, one of the comments, uh, some of us started making the comments is, you know, I've got friends who are starting to come up to me who used to call me a, a you know, a freaking an idiot and a goofball for being interested in UFOs, and they're suddenly saying, "Wow, you had your finger on it all this time," you know, and that kind of thing. And uh, uh, my mother, my mother had uh, friends of hers say, "Hey, we didn't know your kid wasn't crazy," you know, right. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. It, it, it's it's been go. it's been an interesting journey. Now the goofy part is, even though. Media. Now remember, I was a talk show. Ho- I was a talk show host, and it was also I wrote a newspaper column about UFOs for seven years for the mm. Syracuse New Times. Right. So you're a journalist, columnist that specializes in writing about that wacky topic. That's how I was looked at by the peer journals, uh, journalists in, in town. Right. You know, uh, mm. no one would sit next to me at the uh, at the press club meetings and things like that. You know. Right. Um, I hear you. But, we were sitting, one of the things that was coming up with this thing, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, maybe they're going to be more liberal. We're seeing this on the major network news now, places you never would have thought you'd see it, like, again, 60 Minutes, bastion of conservative thought there, you know. And mm. um, yes and no. Uh, I've sent out letters of queries offering an interview and statistics to probably, as of this morning, probably 25 news organizations, including a couple of magazines of note. And um, I'm getting what I've always gotten, crickets. Really? Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. Now, what's interesting, not on though, it, man, it, because people are tuning into this stuff, you know. People, I, 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 I get it. it. I get it. But, you know, there's, there's two, two issues. There's two issues. Uh, issue one is some of the editorial teams are not loosening up yet. Okay, I think they're mm-hmm. waiting for the big reveal from the government, uh, even though we, they've said these things are real. Okay, but I think they're <laughs> waiting for something more. And now, folks, a couple of quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages.
listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beatty, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation, raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please, visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rocks Gear, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. The other thing 
that is seems to be an issue is that well, see, the guys that are out there talking now are like Navy pilots and uh, uh, retired uh, uh, Defense Department intel spook guys, you know. And uh, mm. so one of the things a couple of us are worried about is if we do have congressional hearings, are they going to call in some of, the, uh, some of the, the people in this UFO community who know what they're talking about? Uh, or is it going to be a parade of swaggering Navy pilots and these spooks? Right. And we're a little concerned right. about that. And one editor told me, well, well these, these these pilots and these guys in the sea of former defense guys, are they've got more credibility than you do. I said, okay, it's coming down to that. We're still going to be the little red-headed stepchildren uh, UFO observers mm. in some people's eyes. Um, and I, I, I literally had a letter out to someone recently, and I said, hey, Linda and myself are UFO statisticians. And the guy sent back a simple note. There's no such thing as a UFO statistician. You know? (laughs) Yeah, we're the only two in the country, you know? And some of the guy asked me, you're really a UFO statistician? I said, yeah, and there's another one in the country. Oh, who's that? The one I'm married to, you know? (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I think it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating. And, you know, um, People like that will get their comeuppance. You know, it's it's like whenever I see Thank you. every so often, it'll go around on the uh, internet. You'll see this the the rejection letter that I can't remember the guy's name even, but somebody at some record company sent uh, you know told the Beatles that nah you're no good you know it's just not a fit you know and he turned them down, and uh, you know there went away swimming pools and cars and. You know, all kinds of fun stuff for him. Um, just bonehead moves. And I think a lot of these people with that attitude, will, it'll be a similar thing. There's something to this. There's something. No, I'm not saying, and I'm no expert like you. I'm just a, a civilian, a guy out here who reads some books and whatnot, uh, finds things interesting. I definitely think there needs to be, uh, uh, you know, more more research into this because, it keeps happening, and there's documented proof. I'm looking at 500 pages of it right here in front of me, you know, that you guys yeah. wrote. Um, it's amazing to me. It is amazing to me. What more would, you like me to scare, would you like me to scare you and scare your audience? Absolutely. We could all use a good okay. scare. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have in this, this body of data – Six, uh, 600, uh, 600, uh, Jesus, I'm drawing a blank on my own numbers here. Um, 632, um, 660, I'm sorry, 167,632 UFO sightings, 2001 to 2020. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, people come to me, oh, hey, Cheryl, did you take out all the nuts, kooks, and crack pots? And that's kind of like that line from the movie Amadeus where the emperor comes in and tells Mozart, your, your, your symphony was wonderful. Just take out a few of the notes and it would be perfect. You know, <laughs> which ones, you know. And, okay, so we worked on a thing. We worked on a thing. Um, and do me a favor. Make a note of this. Bring me mm-hmm. back to bring me back to Sphere UFO when I'm done with this explanation. Sphere USO, okay. UFO. Okay. All right. So um, people would always say, well, some percentage of it is, is junk. 
Well, some of the experts sure. in the UFO community, Dr. Ballet, for one, uh, he used to say about 80% is noise. MUFON investigators said about 70% is noise, um, meaning only about 20 to 30% was something really interesting. Okay, And that was something similar to what Blue Book came up with with the 12,000 they had. Okay, All right. right. So Linda and I used our own standard. Okay, now remember, Linda's got the science degrees. I don't. I've got a arts and entertainment degree. I got the top hat and the cane because I'm a, I'm a journalist and a, 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 I'm a writer and all this stuff. I'm with you. Okay, and she's got the real science degrees. Okay, so but I was right. an analyst in the military, and I can't tell you what I did in the Navy. But some people on another radio program were all ex-military, and they said we know what you did in the Navy just listening to you. You know, <laughs> so um, so the bottom line was uh, uh, we came up with a number of thirty-two percent were legit. Okay, mm. so we took That's that thirty-two percent. Well, thirty-two percent ended up being about fifty-three thousand of the hundred and sixty, uh, hundred and sixty-seven thousand, whatever. Okay, now when you divide that across twenty years, okay, the years aren't equal, but you know, but if you cross that over twenty years and then divide it by months, it comes mm. down to two hundred and twenty-four exotic sightings. Per month, every month for the last twenty years, and if you Jeez, break it, divide it by if if you yeah two hundred and twenty four every month every month for the last uh, uh, for the last twenty years. Now carry that a step further. That's two hundred and forty months, by the way. Okay. Now take that a step further. If you divide that, all states are not equal, but if all fifty states were equal and you divide it into that number, it comes down to four a month for every state in the union. That means every state in the union for the last 20 years has had one exotic sighting if all states were equal. Mm. Mm. One close encounters of the third kind experience a week, every week for the last 20 years. Wow. Wow. And there's still, you know, some of the big names in science, I was just talking to somebody about this, um, and I was very disheartened because I, I dig the guy. I, I, I've been bought, you know, I bought into it. Uh, still do. I, I think he's, he's got Let me he guess. Lost some, a little bit of Let me guess. Mr. Tyson. Mr. Tyson, Mr. Right? Tyson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was watching some interview, and he was like, well, where's the ashtray? You know, if you're ever abducted, uh, grab a screwdriver or something, you know, just some anything. And I get it, and it's, you know, ha-ha and everything. But the thing is, is, you know, he comes up with these typical, well, it was a weather balloon, and they had these, why would they put a mannequin on a weather balloon? You know, I mean, are you kidding me? they got better things to do. And all this stuff. And it's funny because when, when the government, when the Pentagon said, well, yeah, uh, we don't know what they are, well, I guess Neil didn't know what he was talking about either because guess what? Government's admitting this. You know, um, people like Cheryl and Linda have been telling us, wrote a couple books about it. Hey, by the way, before I forget, I want to tell our audience, we have a link up. You can get this book. This is an awesome book. If you want something cool, man, Exclusively at Amazon. Yeah, it's on Amazon. We've got the link right there. And um, 
I mean, I'm telling you, they break it down by county. And so, of course, you know, I looked up ours. Ours is, you know, pretty big time Broward County, uh, of course, in Florida. <laughs> didn't surprise me. Didn't surprise me at all. In Orlando, didn't surprise me. Um, and then I started looking up all the really strange people I know and where they live. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see it. Jamie, uh, but no, you want to hear something wrong. goes with that? When the first book came out and we left a copy on somebody's desk that was important, it, somebody started thumbing through it, and next thing you know, people in the office were in there, and they're, they they all grew up in some other county in the state or something like that, and they're right. thumbing through it. You know, oh, my grandmother grew up in the other county. Let's look that up. <laughs> it was like back in the day, people when a new phone book came out, people would always look themselves up in the phone book. I'm telling you. It reminded me when I was in college, and uh, I was taking my psychology, you know, my undergraduate stuff. I was taking my uh, psychology classes. And uh, we got to abnormal psych, and I'll never forget the professor was like, okay, now take the half, next half hour, thumb through the book, the textbook, and figure out, you know, whatever it is that you think you might have. <laughs> and everybody's looking up real hard, you know. Oh, I like this, or I'm, oh, I do this. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the thing is, though, this is a great book, and I, I definitely want people to get it. I, um, and this is, this is almost a cool coffee table book, too, if you just want to have a conversation. Now that the world's opening up again and we can have company come over, um, yep. this is great. This now, is, what you haven't asked it, me is, why did we make it pink? <laughs> well, I kind of figured, Cheryl, but, you know, explain to the audience. We had an audio show. Um, you have an okay. interesting story. You've walked yes. an interesting path. Um, <laughs> tell us all about it. If you don't mind, I don't want to be rude. Uh, okay, I'll go there. I'll go there, but not into great detail. Well, once upon a time, I was uh, I was raised as a boy person, and I mm. served. And people told me to make a man out of yourself, you have to go just join the service and go to war, which I did. Uh, and uh, <laughs> thank you, by and the way. I did, <laughs> and uh, I literally tried to get myself killed, and I came back a decorated war hero. Mm. Uh, so we uh, handled that. So we tried to service again a couple of years later in the Navy, and um, uh, I did really, really interesting work. I can't tell you what I did, but if you read a Tom Clancy novel that had anything to do with submarines, you'll have a good idea. Um, wow. And so that was the that was the uh, God. Uh, well, I can tell you, I was a senior electronic warfare specialist. So, um, and I can't tell you any more than that. My mind's whirling with possibility. <laughs> okay, but all that time out there at sea, I had time to read books, psychology books, things like this, and I had known since I was four years old that I was in the wrong freaking chicken soup. Okay? Gotcha, gotcha. And and uh, I, I got to the point in my... And this was the time my... that isn't all cool like it is now. Not that, and we still have ways to go, folks. But well, um, uh, you know, this, I was now. I was doing this transition. Uh, my major part of my transition was in the uh, in the early eighties, and okay. you know the term transgender. Oh yeah. yeah, I was I was one of the eight people who coined that term. Oh Before really? that, they called us transvestites and transsexuals, but we decided right. we wanted some kind of an umbrella term to cover everybody that didn't sound clinical. So there were some of us that were doing the talk show circuit, you know, Donahue, Gary Collins, you know, uh, all oh, those wow, kinds yeah. of things. 
all the all the eighties shows. In fact, I almost lost my security clearance at one t- at one point. The government was going to take my security clearance away. I was halfway through my well, transition. They the Russians or something were going to blackmail you or something. I mean, that's no, crazy. they were afraid I would be blackmailed because I was too dis- I was discreet about what I was doing. Okay, but it was getting uh, okay. to the point at work. I mean, I had permed hair. I had double earrings in each ear, you know. But I was still wearing the white right. shirt and tie to work, so to speak. And uh, I was, and I'd been on hormones a couple of years, so I was really softening up, you know. And uh, so the guy told me he was gonna, they were going to take my turn my clearance off because they thought I could be blackmailed, which was a typical mm. ploy in those days. Okay, so I said, tell you what, um, when's the next time you're coming back? He says three weeks. I said, tell you what, I'll have it fixed by three weeks. He said, I don't see how you can fix it. I said, I'll see you in three weeks. And I came back in three weeks later. I threw a VHS tape on the desk. I said, I'm the redhead on Gary Collins. I'm the blonde on Phil Donahue. <laughs> the guy's jaw went down to his belly button. I mean, <laughs> you can't blackmail that. Yeah, you know, it's no secret. And I told him to, 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 in, to add insult to injury, I said, oh, and I made copies, and they passed them around to all the guys I work with in my shop, and they took them home and played them for their wives. Everybody knows. <laughs> right. And... And then he Jack said, you, right came out, you came out on national television? <gasps> so a couple, about a week later, I get a letter and said, well, we think that was bad judgment. Okay, Again, catch-22 type of thing. So they sent me down to uh, in D.C. I, I was working in the D.C. region, but I'm not in D.C. Mm-hmm. And they sent me down to see a Department of Defense certified shrink. The mm. guy talks to me for 20 minutes. He said, my God, Cheryl. You're saner than the people who sent you here. <laughs> and I said, okay. So they sent me they sent me up to Hopkins for a full set of hot psychological tests. Now, I'd already had all these tests, so I knew how this was going to come out, okay? But he mm-hmm. takes it into his colleagues when the results come back. they got Subject X on it, right? And they take it into the colleagues, and they look through it and say, oh, wow, this person is smart. She should be in Mensa. You know, perfectly healthy woman took this test. Maybe a tad, a very artistic, maybe a tad hysterical, but a perfectly healthy woman took this test. And the guy looked at him and says, would you like, would you like to meet him? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and a month later, I got my security clearance re- reissued. So listen, nice. I, 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 beat, I beat them. And the, 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 the cherry on the cake, the division of people who were doing the investigations came back to me every time they ran up against a trans, a trans person in, in security clearance um, situation. Um, they came back to me and, um, as a consultant, literally, and came back wow. to me as a consultant and asked me to look over the material and tell me if they saw any flags. If I saw flags, you know, it was weird. You know. Well, you probably helped a lot of people, you know, with that in that role and, and, and position, and that's cool, you know. It's um, it amazes me, you know, with people. I I had a friend of mine um, who you might have I, I you know I don't know uh, not just because of that, but uh, this person was going through the transition and whatnot. This was many many years ago. Um, we were in Metro Detroit, and. Uh, you know, he was. He used to get these mag. You go to his, her house, I should say, um, and uh, had these magazines that were from your kind of neck of the wood. Tapestry was one. Um, yep. Remember them being? I used to. I used to. I used to write a column for Tapestry. Yeah. See, there you go. There you go. There was. Well, she had them all on her coffee table. <laughs> you know, it was just a common. 
again, you know, and I have found people that have problems with people like that, you know, usually a little fire and brimstoney. Those are the people who wind up on the news and in a, you know, in a hotel room somewhere with a choir boy or something. Yeah, you never have, you know, you never hear about people. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www dot j-a-m-i-e-r-o-x-x dot u-s this is a message from the centers for disease control and prevention older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from covid19 if you are at higher risk you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition, or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store. It's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... P-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, she's a fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com. 
M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Let me give you the flavor then. That's This is why we got a pink book. Let me explain why. Mm-hmm. Linda and I, when we started doing, when I started writing my column, we started noticing that there was this really heavy amount of misogyny in the UFO community. It was a good old boys club. Oh, I can believe okay? it. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. And too. again, th- and think about it from the context of uh, a lot of the UFO investigation work done by civilians in the last 70 years, particularly the last 50 years, um, it's been dominated by the hard sciences, the physics people, you know, and, and, and mm. always always these guys that are running around out there like CSI people uh, out there in Mrs. Murphy's, uh, Mrs. Murphy's cow yard, you know, looking for things, you know, after a sighting. And, uh, so, oh, there was a lot of pushback when we came along with a book of, a book of statistics. Oh, you're not real field investigators. You've got just numbers there, you know, and, and we, our attitude was, look, we, we – our attitude That's was science. we don't like we don't like ticks we don't like barbed wire we don't like mud and I don't like cow patties, you know. Right. And I said we do our science flying uh, flying a terminal and didn't Indiana Jones say the first place you start for with for your expedition and research is the library, you know. That's right. <laughs> it's true. So, so true. But we found that there was this this degree of pushback and. Linda and I thought maybe it's our imagination. And finally, we sat down one night over dinner at a conference uh, with an elder gentleman in the in the UFO community. He knows everybody, and we mm. said to him, "He says, is it our imagination? Or are we getting stiffed?" I said, "Ladies, it is not your imagination. You are getting stiffed." I said, "Okay, mm. good." So. I was just getting ready to go out in the 2000, this is after, well after the book came out, I was going to go out in the 2019 mm. speaking circuit. I was literally booked into something every two weeks for 2019. Okay, I would come home, wash everything in my bag, literally repack the same clothes. So if you see pictures from all the conferences, you think I was it was all at one conference because I wore the same clothes at every conference. <laughs> but... <laughs> But the That's first awesome. one was down. The Busy first lady. one was down in Laughlin, Nevada. So okay. we get down there, okay. and I had made my slides up and everything ready to go. And I had to deal with this issue of people push back on me. And the word had gotten around. I was a trans person, okay. And I had had mm. some nasty uh, involvements with people really? at some of the other conferences in 2018, and uh, one almost came to blows. You know, and uh, wow. uh, well, the two things. One, I didn't want to embarrass the guy by beating the snot out of him because I'm a combat veteran. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I may not be strong, but I'm, I'm, I, I, I may not oh, be strong, man. but I'm fast and I know all the moves. So, um, so what happened was, I I put five slides in the beginning of my presentation after the after the cover slide, and I mm-hmm. showed. Set three pictures of myself. One, what, I, what the what boy Cheryl looked like as an Air Force person, and what guy Cheryl looked like as a Navy person with a big bushy beard. 
okay, in a Navy uniform. Mm. And then I, and then the third picture that came up was a lovely glamour shot. And I said, this is who I really was inside, guys, you know. And then I showed a picture right. of Linda and I jumping over a broom in our wedding, our Wiccan weather, uh, a wedding ceremony. And I looked at the audience. I was expecting to get stoned off stage. I really was. Uh, I looked at this audience of like 500 people and I said, folks, if you can't deal with me and you can't deal with Linda and me, you're never going to deal with E.T. Right. <laughs> Good point. Good point. I there love was it. this big sucking pause in the auditorium, and I got a standing ovation. Absolutely. And As that you should. repeated itself. That repeated itself at, at every conference. Well, and not to make light, not to make light of of, of your story and and and, and your your journey, um, but when it comes to that that point right there, just really sums it up. Especially the subject that you guys are all talking about. You know, this is something totally different and totally. Um, you're dealing with something uh, with so many unknown variables and whatnot. You can't any science person worth their salt in my opinion you got to be open man you got to be open and uh you know eyes on the prize all this other i you're bringing i'm looking at a book Agreed. a 500 page book of data here i don't see anybody else yeah. swapping that you know yeah okay now can i i gotta just, okay now let me tell you the story with the pink book okay yes absolutely i'm sorry i okay well early on when <laughs> linda and i Early on uh, in last year, during the lockdown, mm -hmm. uh, Linda and I figured out that for something else we want to do with the data, about 15% of the 148,000 records we had at that time that didn't have 2019-2020 data yet, right? But 15% mm -hmm. of our data, 148,000 records, um, the people spelled the name of their city wrong. <laughs> Okay. Okay. They either did it all capitals or mixed case, or they did it with a, a capital uh, beginning, or they did it, or, or they put a space in before you before they started writing the thing in, or they would say uh, <laughs> Jonesville next to Bob's Bar, you know, or, you know, or Dave's right. gas station, or something like that. And you can't sort on stuff like that, right? Right. And three and a half percent didn't even fill in the name of the city. Okay, so when we put the automation in there to put the county data into the database, there was a huge amount of mistakes because the the, the, the software couldn't understand this, these blanks, right. the spells and things. So we decided we had to correct this. So we got a, a golden manually. We oh, got man. a we got a golden mailing list, and we we. Made it, turned it into a different color, and merged it into, made the field line up, and, and merged it into the database. And we could only do about 1,200 to 1,500 lines a day. I said, "Hey, mm. I'm retired. Okay, I started putting right. in seven and a half to eight hour days, like I did when I worked at Lockheed. Okay, so <laughs> starting starting at the beginning of last August, 650 hours later was the first week of January of this year." Okay, mm. that's what I want. It took me 650 hours to do. Okay, 
and uh, we got it all corrected, got the county data updated, got the city fixed, uh, added Latin longitude and, and, um, and zip code while we were at it, you know. And nice. uh, that has opened up some doors as well. All right, so Linda and I get talking about how we're going to do this book. This is around Christmas time, and it's being put together by a couple of women. Said, let's make it pink. The color, color cover, really? pink, bright pink, bright enough to flag in an aircraft. And uh, yeah, a lot of jo- people didn't say, "Oh, you're not going to make it pink." And I said, "Oh, yeah, we are," you know. And the deal was there was another side of this. Last year during the lockdown, operatives that we know in D.C. told us that this was probably going to start coming out this year. That we might end right. up. Rubio had a bill floating around up there in Congress. He was getting ready to stick into what something he knew would get passed, and he put it in with the COVID relief bill. Boom, got passed, right? So our attitude was, we're going to have a nice, big, beautiful new statistics book out there, and it's going to be bright freaking pink. And if we end up in congressional hearings, two gay women. One of them a tranny in front of a congressional hearing about UFOs. Every one of those congressmen who might be referring to our material is going to be up there with a big pink book. Pink book. I love it. (laughs) So all last year, as I was making progress on this thing, I I just put on my Facebook every day, working on Project Pink Book today, you know. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Well, you know, the cool thing about it is, uh, well, you can see it on the shelf. Um, you know, when you need to reach over to uh, get some reference in, uh, info, uh, it's easy to find. It, it doesn't blend into your bookshelf, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it is. I, uh, we're already credited with one concussion. Um, <laughs> the book weighs 2.7 pounds. Some lady hit her husband <laughs> over with a copy of it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, you know, and it's not that uh, for a book this, well, number one, with the information in it, um, I would have thought uh, when I looked at the uh, the Amazon page originally, I would have thought this would have been double what you guys, at, at the minimum of what you guys were uh, are selling this for, what you ladies are selling this for. Um, it's easy on the wallet, extremely easy well, on the wallet. Oh. Well, okay, some people complained a little bit, but uh, Amazon actually took it down 3 or $4 from the thirty nine ninety five we programmed it for. Um, mm. uh, they've got metrics we don't see, and they were, they were, you know, they made, they said there's a contract you have when you publish through Amazon that they have the authority to make certain sale adjustments and things. So they did. Um, my, Linda is a career librarian. She used to be the head librarian at the mm. Environmental Protection Agency. And she oh, also wow. worked for the National Academy of Science. Smart lady, like I told you earlier. And um, she told me, well, this is a reference book. Reference books, libraries buying reference books, and they expect to pay somewhere between 75 and $150 for one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But, I but we also before. have that crowd. We also have that crowd in the UFO community once it put on the Internet for free. You know, I told one guy, he says, why are you charging so much? You're trying to bleed us dry. And I said, okay, tell you what, I'll give you a free copy. You'll, you'll come over here and mow my lawn for the summer. Well, I can't do that. <laughs> You're asking for my intellectual property, and you won't come over and mow my lawn? You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, 
Now, you know, I got something else to tell you. Got something else to tell you. Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay. Now we were able to take in the back the tables in the back. Uh, I hope you noticed that mm-hmm. there was a table there that showed every single day for twenty years. Um, mm-hmm. What the sightings were every single day, day by day, for all twenty years. That has blown a lot of people's socks off. Because you can look through there and see that, you know, there's this average of about 25 to 29 sightings nationally on a day-to-day basis, right? But then you'll see, right. you'll go down to one particular day and it will go like, it'll jump up 100 or something like that, you know? Uh, that's, we call those flap days, and there's some special stuff going on there. But here's the deal. In the book, in the back, we gave you all the states by their counties, Okay, and the numbers uh, from 2001 to 2020, just the rough counts, okay? What we really wanted to be able to do is give it to, take it right down to the municipal level, your state, your county, your all the little cities in your county, and tell you what shape they were in what years, okay? But mm. when we did a theoretical printout, and we ran this a couple of different ways. It would have been between 6,500 and 6,800 pages. That's three Oxford dictionaries stacked up over a foot deep. And right. you can't sell a thing like that. So what we're doing is we're doing a thinned-down version, and we're going to start putting them out in about a week, about two weeks. We have a different manufacturing process we're doing. We built these things in PDF, by the way, for your listeners. You know, anybody who's mm-hmm. big into Adobe Acrobat, whatever section, we didn't build this thing, you know, as you sit down writing a book and start writing chapter one, go, no, no, no. We wrote whatever we felt like doing that <laughs> week, and then at the end, when we were all ready to go, we just, everything was made into PDFs, and we started stacking them up like blocks inside Adobe Acrobat. And that was it. It was done. Okay? And uh, uh, we've come up with a process for doing the same thing. We're going to start – oh, you're going to love this because, again, this is the pink book, ladies, coming coming back at you. You're mm-hmm. never going to be able to get away from us. Okay? We're going to produce 50 individual state books, all of them about oh, wow. 400, between 290 and 500 pages. And they will have just the statistics for that state, just the shapes for that state. They'll still have those essays we wrote, you know, in the front. But they'll have just the stuff for that state. So if we're doing Alabama, it's going to be just Alabama numbers. And that table in the back, the first one, the one with Mm -hmm. the day-by-days, will be just all the sightings day-by-day in Alabama for 20 years or whatever state you're in, okay? Um, The same thing on when we go to do – Alabama by counties, it will go to the, each municipality in that county, and it will print out what shape in those years across the, uh, you know, 2001 through 2020. So some some counties might have only seen two shapes. Some counties may have seen all 35 shapes. You know, it doesn't matter, and it'll be all in there. And those books, we did a calculation on it, um, and we figured out that uh, the, the only three books are, that are going to be a problem to make are going to be te- uh, California, Texas, and Florida because they're the three most, they're the three largest sighting states. But we've, right. we, 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 we're going to save them to the end, even though they're number one, number two, and number three. We're going to save them to the end of the process because the deal is, you know, we found out to be the manufacturing problem for, for producing all these state books. We got all the charts generated. Okay. Mm. The problem, the, the thing that slowed us down is for every any group that's more than ten pages more than the last group of pages, we have to we have to literally design a new cover. 
Oh. It's going to be the same cover. Great. It's just the fact you have to make a new one to new proportions. And um, they're very strict within a tenth of an inch uh, when you right. build, the, build the covers. Right? And these are going to be a little more fun. They're going to look a little less scientific. We're going to make them a certain color associated with whatever their census Region is there's four different census regions mm. like there's, there's the northeast there's the south uh, southeast there's the midwest and there's the west right and we're going to give each one of right. those a color so if uh, you get a dark blue they're probably all the far west okay and and then we're gonna, so we're going to start producing each individual state book probably about uh, we think we can do about uh, uh, five to six a month okay so wow. over about three or four months we will do all fifty states. And you'll be this is gonna be like a Guinness Book record for you in your home state because it's gonna go right down to the city level. People can take them into a bar and do like the Guinness Book of Records. Hey, you know how many Sundays do they have over here in uh, uh, Beetleburg? You know <laughs> that kind of thing. And then the next thing we're gonna do, the next thing we're gonna do is there's 35 UFO shapes. We're going to do the right. same thing with the 35 UFO shapes. We're going to take those shapes, put the stats in for those, and give you the printouts of uh, um, the states that those shapes were seen in. Because not every shape has been seen in every state. Right. They're different. They, yeah. Interesting. There's different mixes. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna build it like that. So all together between the desk reference and these books, we'll have about 85 or 90 books out there. Okay, um, from Cheryl and Linda Costa, Linda Miller Costa. So in the future, you won't be able to Google UFO research and not hit something we wrote. That's <laughs> very true. The, the ladies strike back. Yeah, well, the ladies strike back. I predict, Cheryl, and you can tell Linda I said this that here in about oh I don't know maybe six months to a year. Every one of these people that are running around out to cow patties and whatnot, they all, they all carry a bag, you know, with their stuff in it, their equipment, their gear. And I bet you there's going to be a pink book in every one of those. I can see it because this is such a good resource, you know. It, it, it is. Agreed, agreed. It's all um, the information UFO, right there. A lot of UFO researchers, because National UFO Reporting Center is about um, – 60% of the data, and MUFON mm. is about uh, 40%, give or take, you know, a couple decimal, a decimal point or two there. And um, some of the, the MUFON field investigators told me they carry a copy because, say, they're going into a particular county to do, uh, to do, uh, uh, to do an investigation. Instead of spending two hours on CMS back at MUFON and only getting 40% of the data, they can flip open this book right. and say, oh, yeah, that county had this many in, uh, in, on that year. You know, So it, they have told me it's a very powerful thing. If you notice, the full, one of the forwards there was by the senior uh, investigator from MUFON for Los Angeles County, which is the highest sighting county in the country. Well, yeah, because, you know, of all the aliens there. No, I'm kidding. I, well, it wouldn't surprise me. I've been there. Well, no, well, Los, Los, Los Angeles County. Right. Los Angeles County, not the city, <laughs> Which is it has more sightings than 39 individual states. And Maricopa wow. County, which is Phoenix, has more than 36 individual states. Okay? There's something really special that. going on there. It's so hot in Phoenix. 
There's got to be something happening there. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, we came up with a thing called the we came up with a thing called the generational effect. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, look, the, the, you probably noticed in the write-up about the measurement, we talked about there were like uh, five drivers for UFO sightings, okay? One is population, everybody near, need jerks on that. Uh, temperate mm-hmm. weather, uh, give you an example, you're in a northern state, the peak time for sightings is like uh, June, July, August, September, okay? Right, and then it falls off, there's some smaller amount. And that quiescent amount all year long, those are the dog walkers and smokers that are outside all the time. Okay, I know it sounds silly, but it's the truth. Um, True. And then when you get down to the middle states like Virginia and go across the country, that peak starts coming down and the rest of the overall sightings come up. And if you get down to like Georgia, it's a statistical flat line. If you get down to deep Texas and deep Florida, there's a dip in the summertime because it's so bloody hot. Nobody's outside. Right. Nobody's out okay. there. Right. Then it's about then it's about leisure time. Okay, you have to have leisure time to be out there. Most people you read a report and it says, Hey, I was working second shift and went out for a smoke, we saw da da. Okay. We were on the patio mm-hmm. doing thus and such, we saw da da. Okay. We were at the beach, we saw da da. It's always about leisure time. And then the other thing that was added new to this book was we we plotted Hours of the day, 68 to 70 percent of the UFO sightings in a single day are between 4:30 in the afternoon and about 11:30 at night. On the other 20 or 20 Whoa. or uh, so percent are over, spread over the other 16 hours of the day. That, that's weird to me. I, you know, the thing is, is I don't know. Cheryl, I'd be weirded out if I saw something I couldn't explain. I would be more weirded out, maybe. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. If I saw something at four thirty, five o'clock, would freak me out much more than if I saw it late at night. I don't know. It just it seems weird, but you know, you're, well, you're you the know, numbers lady. Well, you know, another thing we found at Goof with us. You know, the numbers fall off really steep after about eleven thirty. Okay, but mm. so the numbers are going way down. Okay, and then about five o'clock in the morning, most states there's a bump about between 4 and 6 o'clock in the morning. We're peaking right around 5 o'clock in the morning. All right. Now, you go to Las, you go to Clark, well, you go to Las, uh, Las Vegas State, Nevada, okay? There's a mm-hmm. bump at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and 4 o'clock in the morning, and then the 5 o'clock bump. And I didn't understand that, and I sent a copy of that sheet out to um, uh, a Nevada MUFON investigator. And she came back and said, oh, that's when all the clubs let out. Again, that supported the oh. leisure time thing, okay? And when we got locked right. down last year, I had all kinds of fans. Uh, I was on a KGRA radio program, and I had all kinds of fans calling and said, hey, you said leisure time. We're going into a two-month lockdown, maybe longer. Are, are the sightings going to go up? And by golly, they did, astronomically, because we had the whole country on lockdown. Right. People get bored. They go out back. They got to walk around. <laughs> got to do something, man. And you're out there, so look it up. We have a liquor store about two blocks away, and they did they did a land office land office business during the lockdown. Believe me. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, you know Syracuse too. I man, I've been to Syracuse. It's uh, 
Yeah, there's, there's a couple liquor stores down Syracuse. Not as many as Buffalo, but I remember uh, driving past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, a lot of churches. <laughs> I, yeah, I but there, uh, about 30 of them are closed now, so, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really weird, you know. It's a weird time. You know, I was asking somebody the other day. Um, we had a guest on the show um, from the MUFON TV, uh, Ron James. And I'd asked him, I said, what are your thoughts? Do you think these you – no, know, I'm going to sound like an old man because I kind of am turning into that. Um, as the years go by here, I don't know how it's happening, but it's happening. Um, younger people don't seem as freaked out by the the idea, to me at least, the ones I've talked to. Um, you know, it, if something were to come down and land, I can't see them running around freaking out, you know, like I could people my generation. <laughs> Or maybe older, you know. Well, well, I wrote a paper about it's... I wrote a paper about this. Um, okay. Back during the forties and fifties, and I know we're learning out of time mm. here. Back in the forties and fifties, oh yeah, there was. Don't worry. Okay, back in the forties or fifties, there was you know the, the the all the monsters that were shown in the movies were bug-eyed, slimy, something or other. Okay. Right. But. Absolutely. And then in the early 60s, we got Star Trek, we got Doctor Who, all this kind of stuff, right? right. And we started being acclimated to the idea. So here we are um, uh, 50, 60 years later, and off-world alien characters are some of our most beloved um, fictional characters. Doctor Who, Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Mr. Spock, you know, uh, it, it's. Uh, oh yeah. And I, I wrote this in a paper for somebody, and uh, it blew their socks off. I said, you know, we got we got great alien, green gray aliens uh, uh, as the as the smiling little faces on greeting cards these days, you know. Right. So it, we've acclimated people a great deal. Now I still have people come up, younger people come up to me and say, are they going to eat us? I said, no. Oh, they're going to come down here and stop us at that. I mean, like Independence State? Nah, they could have done that 500 years ago. You know? Uh, and I keep telling people, they're not. And also, you know, our people in Hollywood are stupid. They they do these, like, Battle of L.A. kind of things. You know, oh, Marines are going to be shooting them. They're all going to be shooting laser rifles and stuff. You know, no, if we have a war with those folks, it's going to be under. We it's going to be over within three minutes. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I never get. I, I I see those movies and I just kind of chuck. I'm like, oh man, it ain't gonna go that way. <laughs> you ain't that good, <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm not putting our military down. They are good for planet Earth. If somebody can travel yeah. here from other solar systems and whatnot, um, yeah, they, they've got some well, technology. Well, 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 let me give you one more example. I had a bona fide yep. rocket scientist. This is this guy is a was a top guy at Lockheed. He has his own company, own rocket company now. Okay, I went to school with this guy from since second grade. Okay, wow. And um, uh, he he special he specializes now in his retirement business. He specializes in um, interfacing uh, satellite modules to whatever vehicle they're getting ready to launch it in. Okay, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a rent land office business. He's doing a roaring business. And he does it all from his little cod. He does it from his cottage up in the Thousand Islands. It's a great, it's that great it's that <laughs> thing they promised us in the 70s. Someday you'll be able to work from the beach, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, so uh, 
he said to me, he said, well, we can track something the size of a softball 200, 250 miles out. I said, yeah. He said, well, so how come we can't see the UFOs? I said, um, what makes you think we can't? Point one. Two, I said, our own stealth technology takes, makes something like the B-52 appear on radar. And I'm a radar specialist, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, birds and the bees, Takes something up, B, B-52, who's a, a huge silhouette, and makes it on radar to be like the birds and the bees, really small. Right. And and I said, if we can do that, I think they can, you know? <laughs> yeah. Imagine. You can't even imagine. It's, it's you know, and it's, that's what I was telling somebody. We were talking about it, and they're like, well, you know, how? And I'm like, just imagine. Imagine you're one of the, the Mayans or the Aztecs or whatnot, and this big sailing ship rolls into the harbor, you know, full of guys with sticks that uh, make a loud noise, and you're dead. <laughs> the guy next but to they you is gone. But they, could, they couldn't even see it, though. No, Cortez, they, they it's couldn't. been documented. Cortez's boats, the tribe couldn't see it. It wasn't until one of their shamans was sitting there studiously studying the water, and he started noticing the splashings against something that wasn't there. And gradually he right. got his consciousness so he could actually see the ships, Cortez's ships. See, people think we see with our eyes. No, we perceive with our eyes. We see with our brain. Now, I've reported cases. I've reported cases of UFO sightings where like eight or ten people were together on a camping trip up in the, uh, up in the mm-hmm. Catskills or something. And four or five people saw the thing for what it really was. Three people saw the thing as sort of a cartoon kind of abstract thing. And there were two people of the ten people who were staring straight at it and couldn't see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can talk to any cop. They'll tell you the same thing. When people see crime scenes and whatnot, you know, everybody sees it different. Oh, the guy had a yellow shirt. Mm-hmm. No, he has a purple shirt. You know, um, it's 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 a weird thing, and it, it, there's definitely something strange going on. And um, and again, hey, it, 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 you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't even imagine what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, I was telling a, another friend of mine, we were talking, they were like, well, you think it's some kind of big conspiracy? And I said, I used to be of the, when I was younger, I'd always say, oh, conspiracy theories. You know, I've been to the post office. I don't think the government, you know, can, can pull it together. And uh, it was a funny joke, and hot, I, I thought it was, and everything, but whatever. And then Snowden happened. And I'm like, well... I could have been, I, I was wrong on this conspiracy. And I'm not saying all the conspiracies are true, but there was proof, you know, that, that stuff can happen on a government level that we were surprised about, that we didn't realize. But it, it has to happen within a very small group of people. Um, mass conspiracies are not, not the rule. No. Okay. No, usually not. No. I can't think of any. I can't think of any that have been... Uh, verified, you know, that, that have that have played out. Um there's always somebody yeah. who has a conscience and will break will break the break the uh, break the trust. You know, it's that kind of thing. Absolutely. And, uh, so I'm not worried about you it. Well anybody's ever planned a surprise party will tell you that too, you know. There there's yeah, always yeah, somebody exactly. that will Oh you hit the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. yeah. Well they got it out of me. It slipped out. Um Let me, can, give me a moment to pitch the book again. 
Yeah, called the UFO the UFO sightings desk reference. If you go to Amazon, go to books and search for Cheryl C H E R Y L C O S T A Cheryl Costa and you'll get up a, a handful of different books, some of them not mine. And uh, there's two books in there. They are UFO sightings desk reference. One of them is white with a flying saucer on the front, and one of them is pink with a flying saucer. The one that is pink is the latest book, okay? And that's the one you want. That's, that's it. Amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. I wanted to ask you real quick before we wrap things up. I like the um, this UFO on the cover of the book. Is that one of the more popular shapes that um, – in your research that the people have seen? It's well, kind of like an observation deck-looking thing. Have you, have you ever seen the um, – there was a graphic that had all, like, 80 different shapes that were out there. It was like a, like, it was like a, um, a wallpaper for your computer. It had all the shapes in rows. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Huh? Okay. Uh, Linda and I wanted something of class, sort of a classic flying saucer. So I shipped that graphic over to an artist friend of mine, Struss Comic Book Art. She's really, really talented. And her name is mm-hmm. Susan Schneider. And I shipped it over to her, and I said, look at the numbers here, six through such and such. I said, see these five? Pick one that resonates with you. I don't want fancy commercial art. I want you to sketch this thing right. with a Sharpie as if you were telling somebody in an investigation and you sketched it out on a pizza box or a napkin. Okay, and because that's what you, as an investigator, somebody taking an account from somebody, that's how you usually get it, okay? And right. she picked that one, which happens to be very similar to the one Betty and Barty Hill experienced. It was a similar style with all the rows of windows around the middle. So that is a kind of a classic, and that resonated with a lot of people. A lot of people saw that and said, I've seen that someplace before, you know, that kind of thing. So, I have too. I have two. I'm the and we, just, we, 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 on top of the we have kept here. that as we have kept that as our trademark. I love okay. it. I love it. And when we do the state books, um, we decided to be a little more playful. We've got cart, cartoon character characterizations of what the states look like, kind of exaggerated, with a little UFO mm. uh, flying over and or hovering, uh, hovering and uh, you know levitating up a cow or something like that. All the covers are going to look like that a little <laughs> bit, you know, uh, but different different right. art for every every situation. But that's what the plan is for the state books. We're going to be a little bit more playful. Well, I can't wait till those are dropped because I definitely want to have you um, back on again. And um, when those are ready to, uh, you know, uh, get out into the world, whatever I can do to help make that happen, let's do Jamie, it. Jamie, as soon as, as soon as we start releasing them and Amazon puts them up, I'll, dro- I'll drop you a press release and we can set something up. Very easily done. Absolutely. Very, very cool. Well, Cheryl, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I know this you're a busy fun. lady. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. And, um, Man, I made a new friend. I'm very, very happy about this. Keep doing what you're doing, Cheryl. You and Linda are very, very good at this. I mean, look at this book. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Well, we're having fun with it. And so, people, if you want something that will really make your friends go ooh and ah, uh, and like you said, a coffee table book, um, uh, yeah, that's the one to get. We put one in a coffee Absolutely. shop down here, but 
the original one. We put one in the coffee mm-hmm. shop down down the street here, and they put it on the coffee table next to a couch that they had in there. And they called me up about five months later and said, can you give us a different one? And I said, what happened? Did it get pilfered? It's just, no, it got shredded because everybody was going through it. <laughs> went down there and the thing looked like just just looked like somebody had thrown it in a food processor, you know. So yeah, yeah, it was popular. It was popular. So this yeah, has been a delight. I've had a lot of fun here, Jamie. Let's uh, let's do this again. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Cheryl Cost, everybody. Uh, just amazing, amazing. Um, well, folks, that's going to wrap things up for us today. Uh, this episode, of course, will be uh, converted to a podcast. We're going to push it out on all the social networks. Uh, all those platforms, and it's going to be on every podcasting platform um, that I know about. We're on about 350 of them right now. So um, wherever you uh, get podcasts, well, you'll be able to listen to us there, Spotify, Pandora, all that, uh, iHeartRadio, everything. Um, so cool. Well, we'll see you next time, everybody. And um, pick up your copy, UFO Sightings Desk Reference, and get a lawn chair and go out back. First, look up your county in the book and whatnot, and I think you'll be surprised on what you find. Then you'll want to get the lawn chair and go out back with some binoculars and a pad of paper. Very, very cool. Thanks again, Cheryl. And there we go. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.